It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where we're here to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today's episode, there's a new benefit for travelers who have an American Express card, and it's definitely going to be a wave of the future. I want to share it with you. I should say up front, the benefit's not free. Later, I want to tell you about some of the new trends in the wedding business that I am all about. I think they're really, really great. So there was a clear need in the marketplace that became so obvious during COVID. And it was cancel for any reason insurance. Because over and over again, over the, uh, particularly from March of 20 through 21, it came up repeatedly that even people who bought travel insurance, trip insurance, weren't covered for the circumstances that led to them not going because of COVID. And over and over again, not covered, not covered, not covered. And so starting, I guess about late summer of 20, I started talking more and more about cancel for any reason travel insurance geared towards people who would book cruises or tours or whatever, that if you decided not to go so often the policies didn't cover that reason and you were just out all your money. So cancel for any reason insurance costs more than traditional travel insurance. But what it does, it gives you back usually 75% of the cost of the trip. Sometimes it'll be 50, but usually it's 75%. Why is it never 100%? Because there's moral hazard there. You know, if you just decide, you know what, I just don't feel like going, and you're getting back all your money, then you would make that decision lightly. By you having to eat 25% of the trip, but get back three quarters of the cost of the trip, it meant you didn't have to worry about the insurer saying, oh, well, you're denied because of blah, 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 on page 63 of our terms and conditions. That you know that at the very least, you're going to get back three quarters of the money if for some reason you can't go. And then at the same time, because you're out, let's say it's a $2,000 trip and you get back 1500 but you eat the 500 you're not going to make that decision just willy-nilly. Yeah, I don't want to go. So I like that product because it eliminates all the gotcha that the insurance companies tend to write into these policies. But then there's become a big gray area, and it's airline tickets. Because the airlines, all in 20, adopted the Southwest thing, where the airlines made so much money on change fees, where they charged you a fortune to change your trip, cancel it, whatever, and Southwest has never charged a change or cancellation fee. But your money's still with Southwest. You don't get your money back. But everybody copied that. 
and that seemed, and it's been great because you could change your trip, cancel that one, just take the money, almost like gift certificate money or gift card money, and put it towards another trip. But there's been a hole in the market that American Express realized, and that is, what happens if you're buying a ticket on an airline that you normally wouldn't fly to a part of the world that was just a special thing, special event, special purpose you were going for, and then if you couldn't take the trip, that money basically was gone because you had a very little likelihood, if ever, that you would be rebooking that on that airline. Another example that's come up repeatedly is where someone's health is deteriorated. We've had that question repeatedly where somebody has had a medical reversal, they're never going to be able to take the trip, and the fact that they get a full credit towards future travel doesn't help them. So what American Express has come up with is something they call cancel guard. It's not insurance. It's just like American Express, in return for you paying a premium, takes on three quarters of the risk of that ticket. If you later can't go, can't use the value, you get past that time period where whether it's one year or two or whatever it is, where you have the ability to use the money for another trip, you're never able to. At that point, American Express eats three quarters of the cost. So this is available with any American Express card. And here's the hook. You have to book through American Express Travel because they're trying to increase the the market share that American Express Travel has because most American Express cardholders never use American Express Travel. They're trying to give you an additional reason, a mandatory one in this case, to be able to get the coverage to do that. So that's just a brief summary. If you're an American Express cardholder, got to read all the terms and conditions. But I believe it is the kind of product that you're going to see from others that will be tie-ins with their credit cards and their travel portals, like I imagine Capital One will do it. Chase. Chase will do it. That this will become a new kind of thing where when you do that exotic trip to Nepal or whatever, and then you book it and then it doesn't happen and you're going to be out all that money, that at least this way you would have three quarters of the money coming back into your life. Ready for questions? Sure. Jim in Virginia says, I got my replacement American Express Platinum credit card today. Normally, I would cut up the old card, but it is too tough. I even tried a hacksaw to no use. It must really be made of platinum. Any suggestions to destroy it? So, Jim, you can't destroy it, (laughs) but American Express will send you a mailer where you can send it back and somehow they dispose of these things. This is the lamest, dumbest thing in the credit card market that American Express and several other issuers are doing. They're issuing these metal cards that I've heard, I don't know if it's true, cost them $25 each for. And it's this thing of making you feel important. Mm -hmm. And I have one of these metal cards and I hate it 
And now if you apply with a lot of issuers, so many people hate these metal cards that you can say you want a plastic one instead. Mm. And uh, do you have any of the metal ones? I do. I I can't stand how heavy they are and how bulky they are. Yeah. How many do you have? You I said well, that like I, you have multiple ones. Well, I do. I have one through the company. <laughs> yes. That's on your company. Yes. And then I have another one that is my own like personal card. So, but yeah, and I use them. I usually use my Google pay anyway, my G pay. So I just put them in there and I don't have to carry them around. Oh, so you don't even carry the A lot cards of times I don't know. All right, we'll go to some questions now. This is from another question. Sorry, this is from Mark in Florida. Clark, normally I only write in for Clark Stinks. In the interest of being fair, (laughs) your advice did help us tremendously when planning a European trip this fall. After hearing your idea, I looked at different getaway cities for our departure different gateway cities for our departure and discovered an option that was 75% less than our normal airport. I selected that fare thinking it was probably a mistake by the airline. A couple of days later, I saw that our flight itinerary had been changed and that we had the option to review and cancel if it didn't work. Well, guess what? I reviewed the itinerary and was able to select a better connection for the same price. I had no idea there would be this much of a difference between departure cities, but now I'm obsessed and I check every day. Mark, I love that. And I want you to know something that is really important for travel to Europe for this summer and fall. Airfares out of New York City have been running a third the cost of airfares out of other cities in the United States. It's the largest gap in pricing I've ever seen for flights to Europe. And with all the discount domestic airfare flying from wherever you are in the country to New York first, and then taking a much, much, much cheaper fare across the Atlantic, I mean, it's just ridiculous how much money you can save right now there's just so much airline competition in new york that doesn't exist anywhere else in the united states and the price gap being much larger than it historically has been the fares out of new york to europe to give you a sense a lot of places in europe have been pricing out in the 300s round trip from uh, New York to Europe for late summer into the fall. Not everywhere, not every day. You got to shop around just like Mark did. And think how cheaply you can get from Florida to New York whenever you need to. But give yourself plenty of connecting time. Even turn it into a little side trip going to New York the day before and run around New York so that you don't miss your flight from New York to Europe because if you miss it you lose all your money because you missed your what would be considered to be your first flight on that ticket. From Ronald in Illinois, I'm very excited to be going back to Amsterdam for a dance event in October. I have two questions. One, what are the best credit cards that do not charge a foreign transaction fee? And two, when paying with a credit card in Europe, is it best to pay in local currency? Or in U.S. dollars. All right. Let me deal with the second question first is never, never, never let them trick you into clearing your charge in U.S. dollars. This is such a horrible ripoff. Not a scam because 
you actually did get the product or service, but a huge ripoff with massive fees involved for clearing it in dollars. You always want to clear your charge in local currency, uh, euro, yen, Swiss francs, British pounds, whatever it is, you want it in that currency, not in the U.S. dollar. If you have a card like you're talking about getting Ronald that charges no foreign currency transaction fees, we have a list that we updated not that long ago. And the ones that we have on the list, the Capital One Venture Rewards card, Costco Anywhere Visa card, Capital One Saver One Cash Rewards card, and the Bank of America Travel Rewards Credit card. The um, the Capital One has a $95 annual fee. Let's see what the others are. Costco, none. Capital One, none. Bank of America, none. And with any of those, you get the zero foreign currency transaction fee, which is the only amount you want to pay. And I should also mention that in some countries, I'm hearing reports from people that on the when it recognizes a U.S. credit card, it automatically pops up charging you in U.S. dollars. You have to say, usually option two, no, that you want it to clear in local currency before you process the charge. And I want to tell you coming up, speaking of money, wedding costs are all over the place. But there are ways for you to save money, even potentially make money from your wedding. We're going to talk about that. Every spring, there are all those articles about the average cost of a wedding in the United States. And depending on what method they use, typically 30000 more or less. I know there are brides and grooms that are like, how did somebody get a wedding done for only $30,000? And there are others that are like, how did somebody spend $30,000 on a wedding? And it seems that it's like becoming a barbell. But I can tell you this is really something on people's minds because there was a wedding that a couple did for 500 bucks in Southern California that just went viral. People have gone crazy talking about this, agreeing, disagreeing with what the couple did and all the rest. What they did was there's this highway through the San Gabriel Mountains that the vistas are just beautiful. And there was this pullout that they really liked. And if you had an a event with less than 30 people, it didn't even require a permit. So they sent out the invitations to the 30 people or 29 people and said, meet us here with a map telling them where to go, a digital map. And this is where we're going to get married. Beautiful mountain backdrop. And they spent a total of $500 for everything they did, including her dress was 40 bucks, His suit was 100 A suit and a dress that could be worn in the future, not just for that day. And so they did something that has caused a lot of very strong reaction. People had to pay for their own food for the reception. And that's how they were able to hit the 500. So um, I don't 
exactly recommend that. They could have still done a very, very inexpensive wedding, maybe a thousand bucks, had some simple food for the 29 people who came to their wedding and not had people pay for their own food for the reception, food and beverage for the reception. But the idea of having money for the life you're starting together instead of going into debt is so many married couples do, newly married couples, it's just so much better an idea. And the pageantry of that day is something that for a lot of people, it is like a coronation. But what really matters, I want to say this to you strong, to any couple, what matters is that the two of you love each other and have a great life together. That's what really counts. Not that you had this particular floral arrangement or this ultra fancy um, you know, suit or dr- dress or gown or whatever, that it's really about that this connection, this love, this commitment that you make one to another. That's what matters. And I hope that as a couple, you don't get into this mode planning a wedding where everything's got to be just absolutely this, that, or the other. Because the truth is, your guests don't care. They're coming because they care about you or their family and they have to come. So it doesn't matter who you're trying to impress. Let go of that and be careful with what you spend. Can you tell quickly the story of your getaway car at your wedding reception? So my mother-in-law, Lane and I have been married just a whisker less than 27 years. My mother-in-law will never (laughs) forgive me for this because I had a little subcompact purple Mitsubishi economy car that I was able to rent for $16 (laughs) as our car for the wedding. And, but you know who was the most upset was the wedding photographer. Oh, he was furious. He is, he considered himself to be quite an artist. And he said, I am not taking a picture (laughs) of you leaving in this purple thing. And he wanted, he, he drove like this really fancy classic (laughs) convertible and wanted us to leave in that. And I was like, no, 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 we're just fine. And, and the poor guy, we left in the it's purple. Even, even better with the purple. You know car. what he did? What? He took no pictures that showed the car. No. <laughs> he did a really, really close-up zoom of Lane leaning out oh, of the car window. You've seen that yep. one. Mm-hmm. Because he could not allow himself to take a picture of this little. And I didn't think it was ugly. It was just a little basic subcompact car. Mm-hmm. Classic Clark. All right. Should we go to some questions? I have a couple that involve weddings. And I did weddings. use a coupon for our uh, honeymoon hotel. Nice. Buy one night, get one free. <laughs> I did, really. That's awesome. That was back before the internet. And yes. So I used a, a paper coupon to, for a hotel in Melbourne, Florida. Nice. Oh, before we go to questions, did you talk about people asking for money? 
Oh yeah, thank one. you. We got so distracted. Yeah, it's my fault. All right, so a lot of people when they register, they're asking only for cold hard cash instead of things. So the problem with that is well, some people find that crass. Your choice if you find that crass. But if what a couple really needs is money for a down payment on a home or whatever it is, and they ask for cash, I think that's fine. But a lot of the sites are taking advantage of this and charging big fees, netting fees out of it before you get the cash. And so maybe better to give somebody, uh, since it's friend or family, you could Venmo them or cash app them or even give them something. It's this thing that you use paper for. Um, it's called a, a cheek. What's mm-hmm. that thing called? <laughs> a check? A check. A check. A check. Yes. Nobody writes checks anymore. But anyway, you could give them a check. Then there's no junk fees that come out of the money you're actually trying to give. And I believe we have a video on YouTube of how to make an origami heart out of a bill, like a cash bill. So you could do that if you wanted to give them a $100 bill, if you were super generous, and you can fold it into a heart if you watch our video. You don't just give a couple a dollar bill, is there? Yeah. Nope. Just kidding. You know that. Okay, Joanne in Virginia, I would like you to know that, yes, both my daughters, ages 26 and 28, would read a book on financial advice for young adults if you wrote one, Clark. I even have your title, Adulting the Clark Howard Way. So are you now writing under a no. pseudonym, Joanne? Nope. It, it, just so you know, Krista's been after me for 10 years to write another book. It's coming. I can feel it. Really? My younger daughter is getting married in less than two weeks. She asked me about life insurance. I said, wait until she's married, read Clark's info online, and then get quotes from at least three companies with an A++ rating. <laughs> Am I giving her the right advice, Clark? Right now, they use USAA for their rental insurance and car insurance. My future son-in-law was in the military for five years before college. Well, uh, first of all, thank him for his service to our great nation and getting a term level term life insurance policy from USAA would be great or uh, taking them through the guide. But the advice you gave is a hundred percent accurate. The question for them is the level term. What time period are they trying to insure? Uh, you said that your son-in-law was in the military for five years before college and went to college. So uh, probably late twenties at this point. Well, she says her daughters are 26 and 28, so probably somewhere in there, at so, least for the daughters. So, Oh, it's for the daughter, not for the... It's for a daughter and son-in-law. And son-in-law. Future son-in-law. Yeah, so you couldn't buy a level term policy that would cover all through a working lifetime. We could only get to late 50s under this scenario, but that's still great because it's very affordable and there's so many other financial priorities starting out as a new couple. And Diane in Utah says, I may have a wedding coming up for one of my kids and I'm starting to save for it. You always talk about travel packages from Costco and sometimes Sam's Club. I noted that they offer wedding flowers, but I don't recall ever hearing you talking about getting wedding flowers from one of these warehouse clubs. Do you know if going through them is a good, affordable and reputable business to buy bridal flowers from? I'm not qualified to speak on the quality of that kind of thing from one of the warehouse clubs. But the thing with flowers is that the second you call them bridal, 
the cost goes up by a factor of I don't know how many. You can certainly buy a lot of floral arrangements from especially Costco that does a whole lot. Costco has a briefing, a section on wedding and event flowers. And I'm looking, and so they have a wedding collection. It's 530 bucks. They have another one that's 280 bucks. Oh, here's another that's 280. Yeah, it gets you several um, bouquets, centerpieces. Um, yeah, they have a lot of options. They have um, center. They have a nine count of centerpieces for 109 dollars. So again, they don't necessarily call their collection wedding. They call it wedding and event. So those prices are uh, pretty reasonable. But a lot of people that are trying to save a lot of money will just go to a nursery or go to one of the warehouse clubs or a supermarket and they'll buy a lot of different bunches of flowers the bunches tend to be seven to twenty bucks and they'll do their own arranging at the wedding venue as a way to save a lot of money and from michelle in missouri i know clark loves convenience stores can he please discuss convenience stores in japan they sound magical. Why can't we have great convenience stores in this country like they do there? Well, I believe we do have great convenience stores, but it's a Japanese cultural thing, and it's a kick to go in to those convenience stores in Japan, and they are everywhere. In Japan, hours are so restricted on retail, for most retail, that things just always seem to be closed when I want to go to them when I'm in Japan. And the convenience stores are the polar opposite, that they're open around the clock and they all have their own creative kind of thing. They all have their own specialization, I guess, that makes them something that people note. So I think we have our version of it with these regional convenience store chains that are becoming so prominent here. And if you've never been to a Bucky's, if you want to see the most extreme that a convenience store could be in anywhere in the world, go see a Bucky's. They're along the eastern seaboard and all over Texas. They're quite an event. So um, Japan, you know, is still not open for tourists. I mean, they have locked down so tight. I, I hope that soon the Japanese will open back up to the rest of the world because it is an outstanding tourist destination and most Americans have never thought about going there as a tourist. And I want to tell you, we're done for today, but if I didn't get to your question, don't worry, be happy. We offer free one-on-one advice where you can talk with a member of Team Clark at what we call our Consumer Action Center. It's open 30 hours each week. You can see how to reach one of our team members if you go to clark.com slash CAC.